The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From Richard Flint International. Deep inside you, there's a power. A power you can use to meet every challenge, every roadblock, conquer every obstacle life throws at you. A power to be happy, fulfilled, successful. A power to be everything you want to be. Now, meet the man who wrote the book on human behavior. Behavior never lies. The man who can teach you how to unleash your own power to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Flint. Hey, Richard Flint here, and I want to welcome you to this hour of the power to be. And thank you so much for joining me today. You know, when I started this show, I had to make a a decision of how I wanted it to go. And I wanted this time that I get to spend with you uh, to really be about your personal growth. Uh, I think inside of all of us, there's a new you screaming to get out. But sometimes we get so caught up in listening to the old you that really wants us to live in a world of sameness, that it makes us afraid to listen to the new you, which always wants you to improve your life. And so this is why each week I try to take these shows and I try to use them and dedicate them to those things in life that can create struggles for you. Because when you give in to struggles, you stop going forward, you trap yourself in a circle of sameness, and you move from living to existing. And you see, only when you and I are living from the inside out are you really free uh, to rise above those limitations that keep you as a hostage in a world that's driven by the negatives that nibble at your spirit. And you know what I'm talking about. Because in every day of our life, there are negatives that nibble at you and I. And they cause us to doubt ourselves. And what happens when doubt becomes stronger than desire? They cause us to worry about what if. And what if uh, is a dangerous game to play. So what if that worrying weakens our confidence? It causes us to feel uncertain. And what happens when you and I become uncertain? We paralyze ourselves. So our show today is about bouncing back. Now, a couple of questions for you. Have you ever had a time where life pulled the rug out from under you without your permission? I mean, you were living your life. And then all of a sudden, wham, out of nowhere, you were blindsided with an experience or an event that you weren't prepared for. The emotional punch you were hit with knocked you down. You were left feeling dazed. 
And like someone had just reared back and punched you in the gut. And it left you struggling with catching your emotional breath. And maybe even the feeling that you couldn't get back up. When I was doing the world of private counseling, so many times a lot of what I dealt with in people's lives were those moments of surprise, those moments of uncertainty, then those moments of sudden when all of a sudden life came at you from a direction that you weren't prepared for. And what happened? It pulled the rug out from India. What happened? It left you feeling you weren't sure what to do or where to go or to try to find an answer. So today I want to spend our time together talking to you about how do you get up, get back up, when life has pulled the rug out from under you. Now, I'm going to use myself as the illustration, because if I can get through what life thrown at, was thrown at me, you can too. Let me tell you about me. I was born in New Orleans. If you ask me about um, my real dad, I can't tell you anything. If you could see my birth certificate where it says father, uh, there is no name. And yeah, even in today's world at my age, I still wonder with that. My natural mother, I didn't know anything about her till probably about maybe 15, 20 years ago when I learned that my natural mother, my real mother, was a prostitute in New Orleans. And I was the result of a one-night stand she had with whoever my dad is. And, and for a long time in my life, I couldn't talk about this because I felt dirty. You know, how do you tell somebody, I'm uh, an illegitimate child, uh, have no idea who my father was, uh, my mother was a prostitute, and that just played with me internally. I was adopted when I was two months old. And the home that I was put into was a very unusual home because all the time that I was there, I never heard my adopted dad say over ten words inside our house. My mother ruled our house. You ever been there? Ever seen that? If my mother come in and looked at me and said, jump, you didn't go how high. You went, well, how long do I hang here? And, and I'm the type of person, if you tell me to do something, I was inquisitive. I always wanted to know why. When I was 12 years of age, my dad walked in one day from the shipyards in uh, Gretna, where he worked in, in there outside New Orleans and informed us that he had quit his job and that we were moving to Oklahoma. By the Thursday of the following week, we were in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Because that's where my dad's relatives were all from. 
When I was 15, my mother came to me one day and told me if, if I was to stay at home, live in, and these were her words, if I was to live in her house, I had to pay room and board. Not because we needed the money. No, my dad made more money than anybody in our neighborhood. But it was my mother's way of having control over me. And mom had to have control. So I got a job at a local IGA grocery store where I bagged groceries. And I'd go to school and then... I'd go to football or tennis practice, and I'd go work, and I'd work till 9 o'clock, and I would call my dad to come get me. I had been 16 for two weeks, <laughs> and I'm a person who believes that God has a sense of humor. I mean, uh, I'm no good with math, folks. It's my weakest area in life. So God, in his infinite wisdom, gave me the easiest birth date in the world. I was born two, three, four, five. It's the only way I remember it. And I'd been 16 for two weeks, and I called my dad on a Thursday night to come get me, just like he, I always did, every night. This particular night, he pulled up in front of the grocery store, and just like I always did, I started to walk over and get in the car, and my dad opened the car door, leaned across the top of the car, and said, Richard, wait a minute. And I don't know what was happening, folks. When you're 16 going on 12, life doesn't make a lot of sense. So I just stopped, and my dad closed the car door, opened the back car door, took something out, walked around behind the car, and when he stepped into a streetlight, I knew what was happening. Because my dad was carrying something, and what he was carrying was a suitcase. And he walked over to where I was standing, and he set the suitcase down beside me. And I was informed that that night my mother had made the decision that I could no longer live in her house. Now, I wish you could have known my adopted dad, great guy, but he had no idea what to do with my mother. Took that giant hand and laid it on my shoulder and squeezed my shoulder until he was almost hurting me. And he said, son, he said, I don't agree with this, but I don't know what to do. And that was true. And then fighting back the emotions in his eyes because my dad came from a time in life when men are not supposed to express emotions because men are supposed to be tough. And fighting back the emotions in his eyes, my dad looked at me and said, Richard, don't you ever forget I love you very much. Now, I knew my dad loved me, but I also knew my mother didn't. I can take you back to the age of six, and from the age of six to the age of 16, there wasn't a day in my life that my mother didn't come to me and make one of three statements to me. You're the stupidest kid I've ever met in my life. Now, as a child, how do you think that would make you feel coming from a parent? Or my mother would tell me, you're never going to amount to anything in life. And then the one that would just rip my heart out. I'm sorry we ever adopted you. And my greatest day will be the day when you're no longer in my house. What do you think that did to me? I have three sisters. None of my sisters are real sisters to me. We were all adopted from different families. Did you know when I was growing up, I never got a birthday cake? My sisters did. 
you have any idea what it would be like to come down on Christmas morning and watch your sister's opening presents with their name on it, and you sit there and you look and you wait, but there's nothing with your name on it. My mother, in so many different ways, sent a message that she did not love me. My dad didn't talk, didn't turn and walk back to the car. He ran back to the car, and for a second, and I don't know if it was any more than that, finally he looked at me and said, Son, you take care of yourself. And the next memory I have in my life is a guy grabbing me by the back of the neck and squeezing my neck and screaming at me, Get out of the street! Because I'm standing in the middle of a four-lane road, and I'm watching my dad drive out of my life. And inside me, it's just screaming at me, if you loved me, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? And you walk back over in the street corner, and you look at that suitcase. And all kinds of things go through your head. Must be something wrong with me, because my real mother didn't want me. She gave me away. My adopted mother didn't want me. You pick up the suitcase, you walk into downtown Ardmore, Oklahoma, you get a room in the hotel, and they look at you funny because you're young, but you got cash, and I walk up to the seventh floor, put the key in the door, open the door, never turn the lights on, drop the suitcase, walk across the room, open the window, and look down seven floors because there's no screens on the hotel Ardmore at that time, and I crawl out and I sit on that ledge. And on that ledge, I made a decision. Do I live or do I die? And I figured if I jumped, my mother would win. And I wasn't about to give that woman that victory in my life. Next morning, I called a guy that I knew because his two kids were my best friends, and I told Troy what had happened. And he said, you stay there. I'll be there as quickly as I can. Probably 45 minutes to an hour later, he was in my room, and after a three-hour conversation, he forced me to answer the question, what are you going to do? And I told Troy, I am not, I am not going back to her house. And Troy helped me find a room with a lady who was the editor of the daily newspaper in town, and I paid her $5 a week to live in her house. Every day I'd go to school, I'd go to football or tennis practice, I'd go work at that IGA store till 9 at night. I'd come home. I'd sit at her dining room table doing my homework until I couldn't keep my eyes open because, folks, I knew when I went into that little dark bedroom, I was going to crawl in that bed and I was going to cry myself to sleep because all I wanted to feel was that someone loved me. And how important is parental love? How important are hugs? How important is the feeling that someone cares about you? When I was a freshman in college, I made the decision that I had to go confront my mom and dad. 62 miles from my dormitory to their front door, drove past their house. I did see it. And down the road, I decided you got to do this now. So I turned around and I came back and I parked across from their house for a couple of minutes and told myself, you got to do this, Richard. Shot my car across the street, got out of my car, ran to their front door because I knew if I walked, I would run back to my car. Knocked on the screen door, the screen door and the wooden door, and my dad opened the wooden door. When he saw me, my dad turned just stark white. And I wish he could have been there because my dad didn't even unlock the screen door. He stepped through that screen door. And with one hug, my dad told me everything that was going on inside him. 
he literally carried me into the living room the whole time just babbling to me. I didn't understand anything he was saying. And finally he realized my mother wasn't there, and he called for my mother who was in the kitchen who was fixing breakfast and come see who's here. And when my mother walked in and she stood between in the doorway between the kitchen and the living room and she saw me, she just froze in her tracks. Never changed her expression, took her hand, reached around behind her, untied her apron, let it fall to the floor, reached over to the table that was always there, picked up her, cur- her purse, opened it, took out her car keys, walked out the back door, got in her car and drove off. And I never saw her again. Do you think that in my life that's played with me? You think it's played with my confidence, with my courage, with my self-esteem, with my self-worth? We've all got a story. And that story is who we are. What we do with our story is who we are. Now, I could have gone over and laid in the fetal position in the quarter and blamed my mother. But I took what was and turned it into who I am. I bounced back. Now, I want you to stay right there because we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about your life, your story, you getting back up. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. A star maker. Magic moment. How challenging is it to maintain focus? Unbelievable for me. Why has it been challenging, Brian? I think a lot of things from the past want to have their voice, have their way, say it can't be. And when the goal and the vision is high and you haven't seen it, you haven't tasted it, haven't touched it, there's a war there. And in your case with your personality, ever make you overanalyze things? I guess you want me to be truthful. (laughs) July 17th through the 19th at the incredible PGA National Resort and Spa in beautiful Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. But remember, there's a limited number of registrations, so do it now. Sign up at www.richardflint.com or call 1-800-368-8255 and ask for Denise. Come join the fam. Star Maker 2015. Hello, my name is Gary Gunn, and I've been uh, listening to Richard every morning probably for about six months now. And he's my partner, and he puts the soul back into my life every day. And if you're not taking the morning minute, you sure need to do it. It starts my day every day. I look forward to it, and I recommend it highly for anybody that doesn't have it. You should have it. Sometimes I just kind of think about what it says, and then I realize it really does have something to do with my life every morning of every day. We love the morning minute. It's just a blessing to our lives to be able to give us a great thought to hang on to all day long. Just the morning minute for us, it just kind of sets the day for us. That's where we really like it. The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every single morning. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. Hey, welcome back. 
We're talking about bouncing back. We're talking about that life is going to throw things at us. See, if there's one thing I learned, it's this. The road you travel is never a straight line. Nor is it without curves. Without hills. Without detours. Without potholes. Or if you live in Florida where I live, sinkholes. And all the other unexpected things that demand your full attention. I knew my mother didn't love me. But I never thought at the age of 16, I'd be handed a suitcase. I never anticipated that. Did it pull the rug out from under me? Absolutely. Did it emotionally scar me? Yeah. Did it create pain? Yes. But if you asked me, Richard, would you go back and change your childhood? I would tell you absolutely not. Because if I did, I wouldn't be who I am today. You see, life gives us things. Yeah, they're going to be curves. And what's a curve? It's when all of a sudden you're not really paying attention and you open your eyes and something's in front of you that maybe you're not ready for because you're moving too fast. Life is going to give us hills. You ever had a time in life when you weren't paying attention and you really hadn't done the job of emotionally taking care of yourself and life throws something at you and it, it, it requires more emotional energy than what you have. And you struggle with it. They're going to be detours. Where you're headed down the road of life. And all of a sudden you open your eyes and the road in front of you is closed. And now you've got to make a choice about where you're going to go. And yes, there's going to be potholes. There are going to be times in life whenever you're just moving along and all of a sudden you're not paying attention and that pothole is right in front of you and whammo, you fall right into it. Because I promise you something. Life is going to throw the unexpected at you. You see, I believe this. Your life is always moving towards something. You know the challenge? Many don't know what that something is because they're not aware of their life. You see, you choose to live every day either lasting and frustrating existence or living and fulfilling experiences. And it's not about the experience. It's about the choices you make because the choice you make creates the quality of life that you have. Listen, I could have blamed my mother. I could have lived my entire life being down on my mother. And what would happen if I lived in that world of blame? I would never know who I am. I'd never find my talents. I'd never develop my skills. I'd never see the opportunities. And we're all of those things. We're talented. We've been given skills. 
There are opportunities around our life. But the choices you make create what you're going to see. You see, the type of life you have, it's your choice. What does that choice involve? Confusion or clarity? You choose one of the two. Havoc or healthy decisions? You choose them. Obstacles are order. Those choices you have, hmm, they involve investment in the negative or the positive. Collisions or calmness. Emotional reaction or emotional stability. Those choices involve sameness or solid growth. See, all lives have a direction. The challenge is, who is defining the direction? See, if you don't know where your life is headed, and I meet a lot of people who, you know, they, they just don't know where their life is headed. And the reality is, if you don't know where your life is headed, if you don't have a direction, you are lost. What does that mean? It means you lack a clear direction. It means you orchestrate a crisis lifestyle. It means that you stare at everything you think is wrong in and around your life. It means they stop thinking. And when you stop thinking, you can only react. All lives have a direction. The challenge is, where is the direction taking you? Now, look at direction. Direction either detours or directs. It involves feeling lost or following a plan. Repeats or repairs. Explains or educates. Direction either creates chaos or calmness. It either talks about or actually takes positive action. It insists on excuses or accountability. This direction either obstructs or organizes your life. It notices or navigates you through the terrain. And the truth is, the terrain is always evolving. With a planned direction for your life, you have a calmness that allows you to manage the pace. Critically important. See the path that you're traveling and make the adjustments that you have to make in order to keep you moving forward. You see, all lives have a direction. The challenge is paying attention to the road signs that are always there to direct you. What are the most common road signs that people miss? Stop sign. You ever been guilty of pulling up to a stop sign and not really stopping and just rolling right through it? Hmm. Can that create an accident? What are the most common road signs that people miss? 
an intersection where we're not paying attention and things are coming at us from all direction. What are the common road signs that people miss? Give way to oncoming traffic. Hmm? You got to pay attention. No passing zone. Life isn't moving fast enough for us. And we think life should be more. Life should be giving us more. And so what do we do? We whip out in a no passing zone. And an accident can happen. You see, I learned this. The enemy that most of us are facing in our life consistently is fear. It's fear. Fear is always present. Man, I lived with it. You think walking from that grocery store to that hotel, I wasn't afraid? You think opening that door and walking into that room, there wasn't fear? Think the next morning when I talked to Troy and I had no direction for my life, there wasn't fear? Fear is always present. And it's something you have to understand because if you're controlling your fear, it'll slow you down and you move forward. But if the fear is controlling you, then that fear owns your life. So let me put a question out here. How do you know when fear is controlling you? I'm going to tell you that there are four things. First, you find excuses not to face the issue. And boy, do we do that. We justify, we reason, we excuse. How do you know when fear is controlling you? You expect the other shoe to drop any minute. You just know that there's more bad to come. And and every day you just look for that shoe to fall on you. You're always looking over your shoulder because you just know that something from behind is going to run up and zap you. So what do we do? We resist stepping outside our comfort zone. We stay trapped in our circle of sameness. And in that circle of sameness, listen to me, in that circle of sameness, you give fear control of your life. I know we talk about these, but let me just give them to you one more time. I believe that from the day you're born to the day you die, you fight with six fears. The fear of the unknown. And let me tell you, I dealt with this one. I mean, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I mean, what, what, what am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to live? And the unknown increases as your lack of self-trust diminishes. You see, when you trust yourself, the unknown turns to adventure. When you don't trust yourself, 
The unknown becomes a jungle. The fear of abandonment. You know, I might be left alone. Think I didn't deal with this? I mean, no one who said they loved me wanted me. Even though my dad told me he loved me, he left me. So that fear of abandonment is real, that I'm going to be left by myself. The fear of rejection. This was a big one for me. You know, other people aren't going to like me. You know how much fear I lived with even going to school and doing things? I didn't want to tell people what was going on in my life. The fear of failure. Yeah. If I do what I know I should do, it may expose the fact that just maybe I don't believe that I can do this. The fear of loss. Hey, there's a price tag I'm going to have to pay if I'm going to rise above this. And with everything you want to do with your life, there is a price tag that you'll have to pay. And then the fear of success. What are the rewards? Am I worthy of the rewards? See, and and as I look around today, and as I look at the behavior of people, Because I will listen to everything you say, but I will study your behavior. Why? Because I believe behavior never lies. So as I look at the behavior of people, and I try to look at these six fears, the one I see today that is really grabbing most people is the fear of the unknown. Because what if I need clarity and I can't see it because I'm looking into a jungle? What if I want to know what the results is, but yet the results are not apparent at this time? What if I don't trust myself? What if I don't believe in me? What if I don't have the confidence? Do you think the unknown can become like a prison cell? where I stand there and I look out at the, through the bars and I keep talking about what I want to do with my life and what I want to achieve with my life. But because I don't trust myself enough to believe in me, I'm going to become a person of chatter, not a person of action. And could that be true about you right now? Could it be that you keep talking about what you want to do with your life and there are things you tell people you want to achieve and yet you talk and you talk and you talk and you talk but because you lack that trust, you walk to the edge and you look and the unknown just looks too great to challenge. You been there? Do you think that can hold you hostage? Because if you cannot step into the unknown, you will stay where you are. And folks, staying in the circle of sameness is a prison. And you've got to face that unknown if you're going to free yourself and unleash the power that is within you to be the person you were put on this earth to be. So, 
we're going to pause and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about what the fear of the unknown is doing to people. Stay right there. We're going to be right back. When Richard Flint walks on stage, no one is quite prepared for what's about to happen. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's about getting a little uncomfortable, experiencing emotions you haven't felt in years, even questioning your direction in life. And then, through Richard's how-to instructions delivered in his down-to-earth grassroots style and a wisdom that sounds a lot like common sense, you finally get it. You realize, all is not lost, there's hope for you yet. No one who has ever been in the presence of Richard Flint is left untouched. That's why being in a Richard Flint audience can change your life. And booking Richard is easy. Pick up the phone right now and call Denise at 1-800-368-8255 or visit www.richardflint.com for details. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? A friend of mine once told me he could knock a hole in any philosophy anyone came up with. Then, I read the book. Behavior never lies. Richard Flint's number one philosophy, reminding you if their actions don't match their words, that, my friend, is a deal breaker. If you haven't read the book, even if you haven't been brave enough to read the book, there's one of two ways you can remedy that. First of all, call Denise at 1-800-368-8255 and she will be happy to send you a copy of Behavior Never Lies, the book. Or, you now get an audio version with excerpts from the book that comes on flash disk with two bonus programs, Mission Possible and Achieving a Five-Star Award in Customer Care. Whatever you do, call Denise as soon as possible. 1-800-368-8255 Behavior Never Lies Welcome back. We're talking today about bouncing back. We're talking about being able to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and not let life hold you down. But you take control of your life. And when we went to break, we were talking about the biggest of the fears we talked about, the fear of the unknown. And Let's spend a second and talk about what this fear of the unknown is doing to people. What can it do to you? It can unravel you emotionally. Because when I don't trust me, I increase my fear. When I stand at the edge of opportunity and don't trust myself to step into it, you know what I do? I just increase my emotions. What can the fear of the unknown do to you? Negative tapes within you keep playing, and they increase. Listen, in those times in my life when I've doubted myself, you know what happens? That old Richard, he just comes racing back and just starts throwing all those old tapes at me. Listen to what your mother told you. You're stupid. You're never going to do anything in life. You're not a lovable person. And the more that I trapped myself in sameness, 
and I wouldn't step beyond that world and step into the world of unknown through trust. The more power I gave old Richard over me. What can the fear of the unknown do to, do to you? It can keep you trapped in uncertainty. What is uncertainty? It's the result of doubt and worry coming together. What can the fear of the unknown do to you? Now in your life is not a happy time. I meet so many people. In fact, I met a young guy this morning when I was having breakfast. And, you know, we were talking because uh, he had the table next to me. And he just looked so sad. And I asked him, are you okay? And this was his response. Not right now. My life is just upside down. And I am not a happy person. What can the fear of the unknown do to people and do to you? The order to their life is interrupted. You're walking down this road in life, and all of a sudden, you get gut punched. All of a sudden, out of the corner, you get blindsided. And when you're fearing the unknown and you get these things happening to you, you don't know what to do. The order of your life is upside down. What can the fear of the unknown do to you? Make you wonder when all this is going to end. You know how many times I hear this? When am I going to get past this? When is this going to stop hurting? When is my life going to get better? What does the fear of the unknown do to you? <laughs> Makes you feel that nothing seems to make sense. That all of your life is confusing. Listen to me. The greater the fear of the unknown is within your life, the more you want to keep things the same. That's the trap. The greater the sameness, the more power the fear of the unknown has over you. It's a trap. Until you're willing to face this fear of the unknown, you're going to be trapped in your circle of sameness. And that circle is designed by you. And it's where you choose to stay. And you know what it will do? It can take you deeper into the world of self-depression. So let me give you a solution. What do you do to tackle this fear of the unknown? First of all, trust in yourself. You've got to trust in yourself. You've got to admit that the, admit that the fear exists. Hey, it's real. It's there. Don't deny it. Don't excuse it. Don't run from it. It's okay to admit that you live in a world of uncertainty. Just don't stay there. To tackle the unknown, calm yourself down with pace. See, I've learned that the, the stronger the unknown is in your life, the faster you move emotionally. The faster you move emotionally, the less control you have of your life. To tackle the unknown, you must keep clear on what you want for your life. If you want something better, search for it. Believe it's there. Reach for it. Trust yourself. To tackle the fear of the unknown, you got to look around and find the positive support. Let me tell you something. For years, I lived on an emotional roller coaster. 
and for years the unknown played with me. But God in his own witness and in his own wisdom put four men in my life that when I was at critical crossroads in my life, they were there. And what did they do? They hugged me. And when they hugged me with their presence, they slowed me down. They wouldn't let me run away. They'd made me slow down and face my life. This is why my mentoring program is so important to me, because every year I take on five or six people, and I am their, I'm their mental guide for a year in their life. And we work on three things. We work on pace. We work on patience. And we work on persistency in all the different rooms of your life. And in a later show, we're going to talk about the four rooms you live in. We're going to talk about your business room, your family room, your social room, and your personal room. And we're going to dissect your life. But for you to have the life that is there, you've got to have that support group. And these men were so critical to to the life that I now have. And the journey that I have. To tackle the unknown, you must expect good things to happen. (laughs) I get up every day and I expect greatness in my life. I get up every day and I am so thankful for another day of life. And I get up and I don't go out looking for what could happen that day. I go out prepared to find the opportunity that is going to increase my presence through the strengthening of my value and allow me to have a presence that is, I, that is present when I'm not present. So, if you believe that the human spirit is resilient, and I do, I believe it can bounce back and walk away with a greater sense of personal strength and a greater sense of clarity that defines a pathway. I believe that you and I are capable of bouncing back. But what do we have to do? Let me share with you the process that I have used in my life. And it's also the process that I've used in a lot of people who have come to me and wanted me to help them by being a mentor in their life. I'm going to tell you up front, it's not magical. But it is a step-by-step process designed to help you understand that life is not a straight line. There's the unpredictable. There's the uncontrollable. There are the surprises. But even when these things come at you, if you've got the right foundation. You can walk through them without having them knock you down and stand on top of you. I believe that in in everything that life throws at you, there's a pathway to improvement. So in order for you and I to bounce back, what do we have to do? You got to believe in you. If you don't believe in you, You won't trust the decisions you make, which will only weaken you more. Now, did you hear that? 
if you don't believe in you, you won't trust the decisions you make, which is only going to weaken you more. So believing in you requires what? Being honest with yourself. All starts there. A sense of respect for yourself. You treat yourself as value, not as a pile of junk. Believing in you requires confidence in your talents. God didn't create anyone without talents. Our talents are what we develop that turn into our skills, that create our stage, where we can have a presence that is presence when we're not presence. Believing in you requires kindness towards yourself. I was talking to a young lady the other day, and she was talking to me about how tough she is on herself. And when you and I are not kind to ourselves, we can do a lot of emotional damage. And rather than picking ourselves up, keep knocking ourselves down. To mount back, you got to be willing to open yourself to taking the necessary risk. Until you're willing to step outside your comfort zone, you will exist in a world of continuous sameness. This is a challenge for a lot of you. You're trapped in sameness because of your fear. Inside you and in that, that new you, there is so much that you talk about wanting to achieve with your life. And then when you walk to the edge, you just don't get there. So to open yourself to taking a risk requires what? Believing there's more for your life. You believe that? A willingness to adjust your life, knowing that, hey, this path is not the right path for me. I need to adjust. Continuing your personal growth journey. You know that most people feed their body better than they do their mind. You understand this is the reason that I spend so much re- so much time researching and writing. And you should go to my website, richardflint.com. You should look in our store and see the tools that I've created to help you. You should be a part of my morning minute where every day we start our journey together. And in 60 seconds, every morning for one year, I'm going to help you lay a foundation for your day that allows you to be positive and see the opportunity all in 60 seconds. Open to taking the risk involves a keen sense of opportunities. But to do this, you've got to believe in yourself and trust yourself. To bounce back, you've got to unravel all of the emotions you've gathered and stored. Emotions begat emotions. And to unravel those emotions requires what? Being aware of your emotional challenges. Where are my emotions entangled? Attitude adjustment. What do I need to do to live from my mind down, not my emotions up? Make my clarity. See, searching every day for clarity. Keeping myself focused on what I can do. Hmm? To bounce back, never stop learning. When you stop learning, you only have your emotional yesterday to draw from. What does that mean? You've got to see the big picture of what must be done. You've got to have a disciplined commitment. You've got to continually searching. You've got to keep your, an open mind. 
And then you've got to consistently strive to be persistent with your journey. You must have a desire for growth that is stronger than your fear of what if. That means you've got to believe that you're on the right journey. You've got to have an agenda that you believe in. You've got to have a crusade mentality. There's more for my life and I want it. You've got to stay at a pace that you can manage. And then you've got to be willing to bounce back. You've got to be willing to examine and pay the price for your dream. With everything you want to do with your life, there's a price tag, and you only go as far as the price tag will let you go. And to pay that price requires what? A base camp mentality. i got to have a place I can go back to where my trust is strong. A calm, clear sense of confidence. I believe in me. I know I can. A commitment to improvement. And then increasing your knowledge. Folks, you know something interesting about life? It's for living. It's all about the choices you make. And don't you ever forget, you only got two choices. You go in circles or you go for it. And the direction of your life is all about which of these choices you choose. So are you down right now? Hmm? You need to get yourself back up. Reach out to me. I can help you. Drop me an email at solutions at richardflint.com. Let me know what you're struggling with. And I'll help you in another way. Go to my website, richardflint.com. Download the little MP3 file there that is a gift from me to you entitled Exiting the Rat Race. Sign up for my 21 free day, it's trial free day for the morning minute. Okay? Because it will help you. It's free to you for 21 days. Now, next week, I want you to join me because we're going to drop deeper into this. And we're going to talk about creating a life where there are no limits. Because we're going to talk about how do you free yourself from all these things that change that you wrap around your life. Because you weren't put on this earth to be limited. You were put on this earth to be free, to be fulfilled, and to be happy. So until next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, here's what we're going to do. We're going to treat our life with respect because it is your life filled with your choices. And what your life is, is all about the choices you make. Any questions? Call our people at Richard Flint Productions, 1-800-368-8255, 1-800-368-8255, or visit us at www.richardflint.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.